Hello and welcome to the Headache Doctor podcast. I'm Dr. Taves, joined by Dr. Storzbach. And on today's podcast episode, we're going to talk about the benefits of manual therapy. And as always, it's our mission to educate and empower everyone with headaches and migraines to break free from a life of fear and dependence and thrive in everything you do. So why are we talking about manual therapy? Well, we have outlets through social media, through this podcast, um, so digitally, we try to share information, and a lot of times the the more helpful things that people can do right away are more exercise-based because um, it's going to be a little bit more challenging to actually do the manual therapy, meaning hands-on portion of treatment. Um, but the manual therapy is really our bread and butter. This is where most patients uh, will feel the most benefit. And so we want to talk about manual therapy. And in addition to that, if you're a physical therapist listening to this, uh, or maybe you're just really into um, your own health and wellness, and you happen to listen to um, different podcasts, there there is this sort of movement within physical therapy away from manual therapy or this hands-on approach. Um, but we we kind of disagree with that. And in general, um, we think physical therapy as a whole, whether that's exercise, hands-on. Um, getting your body moving, restoring motion is is going to be a good thing. It's it's never a bad thing, um, and so we don't really care to get into the the weeds of like um, right and wrong per se. But what we want to do with this podcast is talk about what we do as far as manual therapy, why that's important, and then at the end we'll get into a few uh, research articles uh, where they've tested this uh, manual therapy and what we'd call manipulation, mobilization versus massage and that type of thing. Um, so let's talk about what, I guess, what kind of a definition of manual therapy is. Well, yeah, like you said, definitely hands-on approach, um, is the main thing. And there's lots of different types of this, you know, some people think of this as more like a massage. Um, but there's also things like trigger point therapy where you're really activating or getting right into that trigger point. Um, there's things called active release techniques, ART, um, traction of the spine can, is considered manual therapy, um, you know, even just passive range of motion, meaning bringing a joint and a muscle and, or an arm, leg, whatever, through its full range of motion with assistance, that's manual therapy. Um, some people specialize in lymph drainage, um, which is actually, you know, for swelling and can be very helpful. Um, and then, of course, we can use tools like dry needling, using needles, um, the instruments like some are metal, you know, have those edges that we kind of do the scraping technique. And then there's joint mobilizations and manipulations. So mobilizations is taking that joint and kind of repeatedly moving it um, into, depending on the grade, can be a light grade all the way to a harder or bigger end range grade. And then there's manipulation. So when you normally do that thrust technique that you might hear cavitation or a crack or pop, that's more of a manipulation. So those are the main, main types. Yeah. So the takeaway there is that there's a, there's a broad spectrum of, uh, like if someone says manual therapy, that can mean a lot of different things. And so we want to be specific and, and define, um, what exactly manual therapy um, looks like when we talk about it, mm -hmm. uh, because that'll be helpful for you, especially if you're trying to find a provider in your area. Um, you want to know what exactly to look for mm -hmm. and what that looks like. 
So, um, yeah, manual therapy can look like a lot of different things. So what are, what are maybe some of the benefits of manual therapy? Well, um, it's cool because there's kind of like this trifecta that can happen with manual therapy. You know, we kind of just think, uh, think sometimes about like the physiological effects on the tissues, which is what we're trying to accomplish for sure. But there's other things that are going on. I mean, there's even psychological effects happening that when one human touches another, there is something psychological going on there. It might even be more of a positive like placebo response, which is still a good thing. Some There's a lot of controversy, I think, about placebo. But if it's helpful, I think, you know, that's always a good thing. Um, there's even like more biomechanical um, and physical changes happening that were tissues actually going to like repair and potentially remodel after, um, you know, the type of manual therapy. And then, like I said, the physiological is more like we're actually um, inhibiting muscle or reducing what we call the nociceptive activity or that pain activity to the brain. Um, you know, changing again, how joints slide and glide, how nerves slide and glide, all of that physiological stuff is so good. So it's really kind of can have three different types of, of effects just with manual therapy. Yeah. Yeah. It is, I mean, story after story, and we see it every day where um, just this morning had a new patient comes in, has a seven out of 10 pain. Uh, I work on her with, with my hands, uh, what we'd call manual therapy. Uh, focused on restoring joint movements, reducing tension through the tissues, and she leaves with um, a three or a four out of ten pain. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that's a really cool thing as a provider to be able to have someone walk in and leave with with a profound amount of pain or with a profound amount of relief, especially when, um, like in our world of headaches and migraines, uh, one, it's debilitating, right? And mm-hmm. oftentimes nothing really helps, nothing really touches it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in our world in particular, um, some people will respond to general things like massage um, or maybe just, uh, yeah, massage or a, a less specific form of hands-on treatment. Um, but then there's probably a larger category of people that uh, that won't respond or, or maybe they'll just have a, a little bit of benefit but not much mm-hmm. and so what we find is that with these techniques um, they're validated very quickly because even within one visit we can take people from debilitating pain to feeling dramatically better and mm-hmm. most of the time they haven't really felt that before right um, yeah so as far as in in our sort of practice what we've experienced um whether it's PT school, going into our career, uh, I guess I'll have you start. What, what's kind of your story and wh- what have you seen as, as, why have you become more of a manual therapist than say like someone who just mm-hmm. focused on exercise? That's a good question because honestly in school, there was not a big emphasis, at least where I went to school, on manual therapy. Um, and I definitely did feel like I got out of school with basics, but not enough to feel comfortable really getting my hands on someone, assessing you know, the tissues well. And I would say just naturally um, looking at other um, you know, counterparts, sorry, my peers, right, that are actually a little bit farther along in their journey and had been incorporating manual therapy, I could see the relief that their patients were getting and was like, I want to become more like that. And I definitely had to seek out a lot of additional like continuing education courses on the weekends and and mentoring um, through coworkers to 
eventually become much more comfortable with my hands and it takes time and repetition and is very much like an art where you really do need to like dedicate yourself to it. Um, whereas I do not like, I believe in the power of exercise and I believe in the power of a home program for people. It's not that it's just when they're with me, I think my most valuable time with them can actually be the hands-on treatment. And then of course, going over exercises, making sure they're doing them correctly, but they can do that on their own outside of the time, you know, they have with me. And so that's just kind of taking me down this pathway. And then obviously with headaches and migraines, for sure, I've noticed a difference between manual therapy and non-manual therapy. I mean, truly, if you just did exercise with someone with headaches, I can't imagine they would get very far. Um, whereas I know now, seeing it over and over again, the manual therapy really works. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And we do both, right? Because right. we have virtual visits where all mm-hmm. we can do mm-hmm. is essentially provide education on different exercises. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then we have in-person mm-hmm. where we add that manual therapy component. Right. And our outcomes in person are, are far better. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in my experience, um, yeah, didn't kind of similar to yours where I didn't have a robust amount of education in PT school. Mm-hmm. And uh, just a little side note, that's, that's why um, oftentimes when you go see a physical therapist, uh, there is no like, I guess, quality assurance or, um, there's no guarantee that they will be doing the same thing that another provider is doing. Right. It's actually more likely that each PT you go to will be very different. It's, it's not as if, um, I don't, I don't want to misrepresent another profession, but say like you go see, um, a doctor and they prescribe a medication, like that medication is going to look the same. Um, it's very different for physical therapy. And so this, uh, this manual therapy approach was not provided in school. And so you basically are learning it, um, through continuing education and, uh, and then other, um, yeah, your peers, I guess, mm-hmm. uh, your coworkers. And, uh, so that was my experience and it really was this, um, in school, I'd have these clinical experiences where, uh, we'd work with patients and, um, give them exercise and there was some benefit, but I almost got this feeling of like, does anyone get better? (laughs) Like, do these patients ever get to the point where like, they're not in pain anymore or we can actually like have a profound impact on them. Mm -hmm. Um, and I didn't see that. I mean, on, on multiple levels and, and clinical experiences, um, until I saw the, uh, the manual therapists who were kind of gurus, the experts, they had a lot of experience mm-hmm. and they were just so confident and their patients loved what they were doing and they were just fearless. They would kind of take on whatever. And they had this impact that almost seemed greater than, um, at one point in PT school, I almost thought about going back to school to be a surgeon or something. Cause I'm like, they have the greatest impact. Mm-hmm. But then I realized that we were just looking at it wrong. And actually this form of treatment um, has, yeah, has a profound impact on patients. And I think to an extent where you're, you're keeping your tissues, meaning like you're not surgically intervening, which is better. Mm-hmm. Um, now there are cases for, you know, that we'd advocate for a surgery, but for the most part, these chronic sort of, um, yeah, lifestyle type, uh, injuries that occur, this type of treatment just it intuitively makes sense. Mm-hmm. And I think honestly, patients 
instinctually know that they like that, you know, everyone's been at home and like, oh, my shoulder hurts. I mean, we just rub it, <laughs> you know, because our instinct is like something's happening with the tissue. I should at least touch it, try to assess it. Maybe the massage will help. And so I think just deep down, we all kind of know that like that touch is very important. It's just about honing in very specific skills for specific tissues that help a specific problem. And that's, that's where expertise comes in. Yeah. So what are maybe some of the drawbacks? Yeah. Cause like you said, it can be very divided in the PT culture of like maybe a couple different camps of where people lie. And there's definitely arguments against manual therapy. Um, and some of these, you know, are some people say, Oh, it's just a short term thing, you know, long term, is there really any change? Um, we're going to talk about some articles later, so hopefully we can talk about that a bit more and definitely like the, the language surrounding manual therapy can be, um, kind of, uh, threatening, I think is the word where people will take it and they'll go, Oh, well, my tissue I'm injured. And so therefore, um, you know, this may be not, may not be able to change, or there's something truly wrong with me. And, um, and I can see with some therapists, if they kind of frame it like that, that can be a little bit threatening or scary to a patient, kind of get them in a certain mindset. Um, but there's definitely ways around that. And then, you know, that it can lead to dependency and reduce self-efficacy. You know, it's like they depend on someone else to do something for them. Therefore, they're not empowered to just kind of, you know, once they're on their healing path to be on their own. And so I, I actually, in a way, kind of agree with some of these points. I can see that side, but there's so many ways to interact with the patient with proper education and proper language, you know, and empowering the patient and understanding that it is a two-way street, that yes, I am here to help you, but it is not, I'm not a complete fixer, right? There are exercises and accountability on your end that needs to be done. And I think that's, you know, the good mix um, as far as what I see. Yeah, definitely. So I've I've experienced, um, yeah, the, the type of manual therapy that does lead to dependence. Um, and one, I think, more practical practical way of looking at that is, if I have a patient come in and the first session we focus on, uh, we, we explain the problem is because we, we feel like that's helpful, right? So uh, the joint is not moving the way it should. Um, the tissue is irritated. Those are, those are things that are very plain to see mm-hmm. for us and for the patient. Now, as we go through treatment, what I tend to do is sort of, um, I, I, I kind of stop talking about range of motion. Uh, and I almost stopped talking about like sensitivity level as I'm working on them. And what I do is I, is I focus on how they're feeling outside of here, how their symptoms are feeling. Um, and then a lot of it through the course of care is, um, more on them. So you woke up with a headache or you woke up with a migraine, um, what did sleeping position look like? Let's go through that. Mm-hmm. Um, or it happened like throughout the day, like in the afternoon, evening. Okay. So what did you do that day and how can we change that and what can we incorporate? Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's really shortly after the, the first couple of visits that we start to shift our focus onto, I would call it empowering. I mean, we talk about empowering mm-hmm. people all the time on this podcast. It's one of our, that's part of our mission. And so I want to empower people to feel um, like they don't have to identify as a headache or migraine patient anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and then th- that they don't have to feel like they have a neck problem anymore either. Mm-hmm. Um, because there's, there's a level of dysfunction that we all live with. And, uh, I have yet to find someone that is just 
can go through life without any sort of, uh, yeah, joint, like their joints move fine. They're all of their muscles are, com- you know, completely relaxed. Like, I just, I don't believe that that's a thing. And so if we can get people to understand their pain well enough and the actual problem to manage it themselves, uh, and we can assist them with our manual therapy approach, um, then that's great. But the opposite side of that is continuing to focus on like, uh, so let's say a patient feels better, but I don't feel like their range of motion is hundred percent. And I continue to, uh, sort of, uh, I, I feed off of that or I, I, uh, it leads to this dependence of like, they have to come see me to know if they're better. Mm-hmm. If you have to, if you have to see a provider to know if you feel okay, that seems a little off to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and we see that every now and then. And, uh, and different professions can do that too. I mean, I've had people come in and they tell me, you know, I, I have scoliosis and I have a herniated disc and, or whatever. And it's like, well, that's great. But like, tell me how you feel. Like, what do you feel on a daily basis? Mm-hmm. Um, so there's, yeah, there's how I think we can overcome those things. Absolutely. Yeah. And I definitely tried to talk with my patients a lot during the session, like you said, about how they feel. And let's just like l- look at the big picture, frequency, intensity of your pain, duration of your pain. What activities are you back to doing? You know, like let's look at your quality of life um, and not just, yeah, not just how your neck moves, because like you said, you no know, neck's going to be perfect all the time. But if they come in and go, yeah, I was able to vacuum and clean my house and cook. and I didn't have a headache. That is a huge win. And I always tell people like every single thing that happens or maybe surprises you that you could do that you couldn't do before like that, we should always celebrate and focus on, you know, we don't need to focus on the negatives basically. Yeah. Well, let's hit on a few of these studies cause I think they're yeah. interesting and, yeah. um, yeah. So this first one we have, uh, something that's very applicable to what we're doing cause it's on cervicogenic headaches looking at mobilization, which is manual therapy as we're discussing it. It's actually changing. It's, it's focused on joints rather than muscle. I, I think that's an okay distinction. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's mobilization versus massage. Yeah. Um, and yeah. What did we find? Yeah. So this was, um, a 2013 study just had 36, uh, subjects that were divided into two groups. Basically one received uh, the spinal mobilization techniques of the upper cervical spine or the upper neck, which is a lot of what we do. And the second group was treated with just massage therapy in the neck region of the muscles. And they did this for two sessions a week for six weeks. Um, and then they did some pre and post measures. And what was great is the results definitely found that the upper cervical mobilization demonstrated more clinical benefits than massage therapy with regard to headache pain parameters and even and neck mobility. Um, so that was kind of nice because it was pretty spot on to what we see and what we do. Um, yeah, I liked that one a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And in addition to that, one, one of the limitations uh, of these studies is that, um, like we talked about before, manual therapy doesn't necessarily mean the same thing across the board. Mm-hmm. So a specific technique, one of them that we do commonly is called an OA nod. It's basically the head sits on the first bone and that, sh- that should nod there. And so that the technique is we use our hands to help encourage that nodding motion. Um, I've, I've taught this to other physical therapists and had them do it on me and it, it doesn't feel quite right. And there's some PTs where I just, I don't believe that they could actually get to the point of doing it properly. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when we think about manual therapy, it's, it really is an art form. It's a skill set. 
Um, and so saying that you're doing manual therapy does not mean the same thing um, because there's there's a level of uh, experience or skill or um, that goes with it. And that's why as a clinic, seeing headache patient after migraine, after headache patient, migraine patient after migraine patient uh, daily, um, we get that hands-on experience repetition that allows us to feel confident with this. Right. Um, and that's another thing that if you see a good manual therapist, uh, the other question is like, how many headache patients do they see a week? How many mig- how, how often are they working on the neck? Because mm-hmm. uh, even a good manual therapist, this type of stuff could be a little bit foreign to them. Right. Yeah. Um, okay. What are uh, a couple of the other studies? So this one is called manual treatment for cervicogenic headache and active trigger point in the sternocleidomastoid muscle or the SCM. And it was a randomized clinical trial. This had 20 patients um, and they were again put into two groups. One received like a true trigger point manual therapy applied to this muscle that runs kind of in front of the neck that can refer pain into the head. And the other group group just received simulated, meaning it wasn't really any kind of true pressure. Um, And then they compared these two groups and they definitely showed that the manual therapy targeted um, to these active trigger points may be effective for reducing headaches and neck pain. Um, and increasing motor performance, even in the deep cervical flexors, which was kind of cool because that's actually those little muscles along the front of the throat that help support our head. They're kind of like the abs of our neck. And uh, the fact that even just, you know, reducing tension in this trigger point in one muscle improved the performance um, of these deep neck flexors is pretty cool. So that was another fun study. Yeah, yeah. So that's basically saying they actually treated it and then they just sort of like, pressed on it a little bit, um, (laughs) to make it feel like treatment to the, to the control group. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. So again, it, there's kind of that placebo effect potentially in both groups, Mm -hmm. but the group that was actually treated, uh, turned out better. Mm -hmm. Um, and then let's do one more here. Yeah. There's a great one just on like surgery versus manual therapy. Uh It's more specific for carpal tunnel syndrome. It's not specific to headaches, but I just love studies like this because, you know, sometimes we can be a very like surgery oriented country. And, um, in my experience as a PT, that if we can avoid surgeries um, when we can, the outcomes generally are better. So this was, I like this because it was a four-year follow-up from a randomized controlled trial. So basically, um, they took, I think this was, yeah, 120 people who had had this carpal tunnel surgery. Uh, and there were, so there were two groups, surgery group, and then like a manual therapy group that did more like a nerve glide, more physical therapy like things. And basically in the long term, the manual therapy group, um, resulted in similar, uh, outcomes as the surgery rates. And, um, yeah, that's basically exciting because if we can avoid surgery, great, let's do that. Yeah. That's four years later. Right. Right, because oftentimes surgery is perceived to be kind of the the gold standard, or um, yeah, that will work if not everything else fails. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, so we we are huge advocates of manual therapy. Also, love exercise. Uh, It's not one or the other for us, and uh, we try to uh, yeah reduce the negative impact that manual therapy might be able to have, and really maximize the the great benefits because there are some huge benefits to it, um, especially for patients with headaches and migraines. Um, so 
There you go. There's uh, there's manual therapy. Hopefully this helps you sort of navigate if you're trying to find a provider near you. It helps you understand what we mean when we say manual therapy. And uh, we appreciate all of our listeners to the Headache Doctor podcast. And as always, it's our mission to educate and empower everyone with headaches and migraines to break free from a life of fear and dependence and thrive in everything you do. Thanks for listening.